Yo, 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 yo. Halfback, good morning, Dynasty, week 15. My name is Brendan. We are joined today with our co-host, Tyler. Tyler, how the heck you feeling, my man? Feeling great, Brendan. Uh, wish I was in the semis in more leagues, like hopefully everybody else out there, but uh, feeling well. Looking forward to uh, watching some football today. You know, just doing what we do. Short week. We're almost uh, we're almost to uh, Christmas holiday stuff here. Any holiday you celebrate, fantastic. Uh, I'm just rambling, man. I'm feeling good. How about you? Yeah, dude. We had a nice pre-show conversation. Had some nice laughs in there. Can't wait to blow up our teams in the offseason, selling all of our studs. It's going to be fun, man. I'm stoked for these games today. It was really odd having Saturday football, but you know what? It gave me something to do yesterday. Hey, man, outside of those conference games, at least you got to watch some NFL as well. Uh, got caught up on the uh, Mandalorian last night. Uh, it, was, it was a great, great weekend, man. Running around, we're redoing the basement, so had to get a ton of drywall. Didn't realize how heavy drywall was before. <laughs> that. So that was a good time. You know what? I guess it's a good thing you took a, a big L last week in the playoffs because now the missus can put you up to some housework, you know, finally get you working for once. <laughs> well, I can make a lot of bad trades now, you know, and be like, hey, I'll do exactly what I did the year before and just be like, man, if I kept my team together. But, hey, I got a couple Alabama boys out there I need to go grab, you know? Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, hopefully I don't snipe them from you. So, Tyler, we've got a great show lined up, as always. Uh, we've been talking quite a bit about our off-season plans, and we're both incredibly excited for the season to end, um, which I know is a little premature to say, but uh, to everyone listening, we have some big plans. We really want to uh, hit the off-season heavy and put out some great content for you. So be on the lookout for those episodes. But Tyler, as always, we are going to lead into the week 15's actives and inactives. And then uh, we'll kind of talk about some safe starts, some sketchy starts, because we know it is the semifinals in most leagues, and you have to start your best lineup. Real quick, as a disclaimer, Tyler, I am not hungover. That's why we were able to do the show today. No Hennessy was drank last night, so I'm feeling really good. So what do you got for us, man? I saw the setup last night via via chat with you, so I'm, I'm impressed that you're, uh, you're up and rolling. You got your coffee going. You're looking sharp. Everybody will see that on Wednesday. So uh, let's get into it, man. Um, so we got some heavy hitters that are out today, obviously. Um, let's just get it going. Obviously, Julio Jones is out again today, which uh, makes Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, who apparently can play quarterback as well, uh, pretty solid options. He had quite the throw to Ridley there last week. Um, Luke Wilson, tight end for Baltimore. Not sure if anybody's looking that direction, but he's out. Uh, Jimmy Graham is questionable. Brendan, you can probably shine a little light there. Is he supposed to play today or is he trending towards out? Jimmy Graham is always supposed to play, my man. Gotcha. All right. So <laughs> he, has like, he has like 50 in NFL years, man. He ain't missing no games. Yeah, he's a couple hundred for sure. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, questionable, but expected to play. Um, I know it's probably not a popular opinion, but being in the semifinals, if you have other options, I would not play Zeke today. The guy is unstartable, in my opinion, depending on your options. Uh, Matthew Stafford, questionable. Uh, he's probably going to give it a go. I'm not sure how effective he'll be, but he's questionable. Kenny Galladay, out again. That's unfortunate. Galladay having a tough season, tough time coming back. He is out. 
Uh, Duke Johnson out with a neck injury. CJ Procise questionable with an ankle. Hopefully nobody's going that route. Uh, Mo Ali Cox questionable. Uh, Trey Burton would see a pretty significant bump if Mo Ali Cox is indeed out. Obviously, the tight end position is complete garbage in fantasy. So uh, if you need to roll Burton, that's maybe a pretty good sneaky play. Uh, Salman Ahmed, questionable. If he goes and Miles Gassigan does not actually get activated off the COVID list, which I don't think he is, pretty good start, pretty sneaky start. Uh, he would be their lone kind of healthy guy, and he tore it up when he'd been their lead back. Uh, Devontae Parker, questionable, looking like he'll play. Hakeem Grant, questionable, probably not going that direction. Big one for you here, Brendan. Mike Gusecki, <coughs> questionable. Uh, any, any news on that? Did you get an update? Nothing. I, I can't find anything. I think he's going to be a true game time decision. So all of you, mm -hmm. if, you know, you're doing family stuff. You got kids, whatever. If you don't have time to look at uh, Gusecki two minutes before kickoff, I'd probably pull him now. <laughs> Sub yeah, up. I, I wanted to think about starting Dawson Knox last night, but would've there's no out. way I could. I mean, it would have worked out, yeah, but Mike Gesicki's been on a really good roll right now the past few weeks. Absolutely. But, yeah, if you guys aren't paying attention, if everybody isn't paying attention a couple minutes before game time, pull him now. Don't want to take a mm -hmm. bat zero. Uh, Alexander Madison, uh, I think he's got appendicitis. Uh, he's having some appendix issues. He's questionable. Uh, I'm not sure if he'll play or not. I would guess not. Uh, Kyle Rudolph out, which means if you're in a bind, uh, Irv Smith Jr. could be a fantastic start today at tight end. He's Alabama, so obviously he's good. <laughs> uh, Damon Harris, another Alabama guy out. Uh, James White is also questionable and has been struggling all week. I, it's an incredible risky play, but Sony Michelle might be the only running back healthy because obviously Rex Burkhead snapped his ACL. Uh, it's an incredibly risky start, but uh, if you're desperate and uh, White does not go, Sonny Michelle is going to get some work. Uh, Nick Falk, who cares? Uh, Travis Homer out on IR. Debo <laughs> Samuel, tough one, is out again. Um, Alex Smith out more importantly than Dwayne Haskins. It's what you do with uh, – McLaurin probably most notably. Uh, I'd be very careful starting to wide out with Dwayne Haskins rolling. Uh, Antonio Gibson is doubtful, probably not going to play. Uh, fast forward to the 4 p.m. Eastern time games. Uh, Chase Edmonds, questionable. Uh, looks like Drake obviously will get some extra work if he's out. Zane Gonzalez, who cares? Michael Thomas out. That is the Michael Thomas for New Orleans. Tough break for everybody in the uh, semis there. Uh, Deonta Harris for New Orleans also out. I mean, if you have Emmanuel Sanders with Drew Brees coming back, could be a sneaky good play. He's going to get a ton of looks, you would think. I think Kamara, honestly, is going to benefit a lot. He's going to get 10, 12 catches is my guess today. Um, Jameson Crowder, questionable expected to play i mean that's tough if you're kind of leaning on him sunday night austin hooper questionable uh he's been pretty much a bust this year but hey you got to start somebody at tight end david and joku questionable um daniel jones qb out so colt mccoy will play uh evan ingram is questionable he was a late add to the injury report so that does not look good uh, which leads to Caden Smith, the backup tight end, is also questionable. So 
And I'm not 100% sure, Brendan, when everybody plays this week because I'm pretty much out in all my leagues, so I'm not quite as up <laughs> on the schedule. But the big one I don't see on the list, I'm guessing they play Monday. Um, Ronald Jones the second is out. He has COVID, so really tough break there. Make sure you get him out of your lineup. Mm-hmm. And to follow up on that, by no means do I th- would I uh, support that you just plug um, Fournette in. I don't think that's a good idea. So, I mean, it seems that there's always a lot of actives and inactives. And at first, I have to tell you, I think you said Nick Folk, the kicker. Yeah. At first, I thought you said Nick Foles. And I was, I was like, ah, oh, dang, bro. Disrespect to the Bears right there. But you were referring <laughs> to the kicker, right? Uh, yeah, Nick Folk when I gave the who cares. You know? <laughs> uh, no offense to any kickers, but it's just whatever. Go pick up whatever kicker that you know who cares (laughs) yeah honestly unless you have like a top three kicker i mean even then the disparity between the top three to the top five is so slim basically the biggest advantage to having a kicker is if you have young way Koo because that guy's on fire right now man for the atlanta falcons you want to know something interesting brendan it's a little bit off topic but it leads directly to uh kickers um, so I have Will Lutz, who has been arguably the best kicker in fantasy for, what, five years? Mm-hmm. So I lost in the first round of our big league, as you know, by 1.5, and Lutz missed both of his field goals. I mean, how, it just shows that come playoffs, man, if things don't come together, there's just nothing you can do. You know, I'm essentially out because a kicker missed two of two field goals, you know? Yeah, I see why I see why you're campaigning so heavily to remove kickers and defenses from the league. So <laughs> is that is that a for sure? Is that set in stone? Oh, it's gone, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We That's started not- this league so long ago that nobody even can defenses and kickers were just a part of fantasy. It's been mm-hmm. more of a recent thing that trend that those go away. And you know, I can see in year to year, I understand it, but in dynasty, I mean those are Really, like a defense, you can't control the movement on that team. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. just kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the reason why I say it sucks is because I was trying to trade either the Chiefs' defense or the Steelers' defense for anything I could get, but it did not work out. So <laughs> people yeah, were speaking ahead. Fun, a couple people <laughs> on the uh, feed lit you up a little bit. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I mean, if they're going away, might as well try to get like a fourth-round pick. I mean, uh, your defense could win. The Steelers' defense has legit gotten me like 20-plus points on five separate weeks. I mean, it's an advantage this year since it's in the game. But you're right. No no reason to to invest in something going away unless you're incredibly desperate. But awesome, man. That great list, as always. I'm very excited to see. Uh, A few things that, that stood out to me. One, you said Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette, yeah, he will get a lot more work, but it just doesn't seem that Tampa Bay is utilizing their run game as much as they should. I know Ronald Jones has put up some some big numbers, but Leonard Fournette is just one of those names who you would expect to trust, but you just can't. Uh, Tyler, I think I texted you. If I didn't, I was getting asked, uh, or we talked about it on Wednesday, uh, would you start Leonard Fournette if Ronald Jones was out or Melvin Gordon. Luckily, the person that asked me that question actually started Melvin Gordon. I think he found the end zone twice. So 
Uh, that that goes to your point, as you've been saying the past month, start your optimal lineup, your best possible lineup. Melvin Gordon has a way safer floor than what Leonard Fournette would have had. So really good choice there. Yeah, and I rolled in the one semifinal I'm still alive in. Uh, I have Ronald Jones, who obviously is on COVID. And uh, even with being questionable, I rolled Melvin Gordon because he's, he's the best option, you know. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, really great start there. Uh, a few names that I want to bring up, kind of a would you rather, you know, I want to discuss some options that owners may have and they might be in a pinch. For example, the other night I was torn between do I start Justin Herbert or do I start Deshaun Watson? Well, luckily I went against the grain. Everybody I asked said to start Deshaun Watson versus the Colts, but I just had a, you know, I had a gut feeling you got to start Herbert. And fortunately it paid off for me as of now, but that feeling I was experiencing, like bombarding multiple people with texts, I did not like it at all, man. It was very draining. And I know a lot of people are feeling that right now. So I kind of want to throw out a few names. Sorry, that was a little bit of a brag post saying going against the, the grain there and picking her. Good but, start, man. Yeah, my point, my point being that that feeling that you have when you're just like, oh no, like I feel like the game could ride on this stardom situm, you know. So I want to pick a few players, kind of get your opinion on who you would start. Um, some of them will be more stud, stud-like, others will be kind of you know flex options. Sure. The first, yeah, the first one that comes to my mind is would you start Jacoby Myers, um, they are playing. They're playing the Dolphins today, or would you start Emmanuel Sanders versus the Chiefs in the flex option? I would start E. Um, I think Miami has a sneaky decent defense. You kind of saw that last week against the Chiefs. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no Michael Thomas. There's no Harris. Uh, again, I think Kamara gets a lot of work, but. You know, if Breeze is even relatively healthy, he's still going to throw for 200-plus yards. So that's not all going to go to Kamara. I think Sanders is a sneaky good play today. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have better options, I, I wouldn't get cute with it. You know, you don't gamble on upside in the semifinals. You gamble on the most points in your best lineup. How many times do you think you're going to hear me say that today, Brendan? But uh, of the two, or if you're in a uh, shaky spot, I think Sanders is a really good play, actually. Excellent. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think that the the floor is safer per se. Uh, I think the Patriots are a lot more unpredictable. Um, I, in a think, yeah. that- I think Meyer's a great player. I just he, he, uh, Cam Newton could maybe not throw for 100 yards very, very easily. Mm-hmm. And at least with the Saints, I mean, they at least score two to three touchdowns a game, whether it's Taysom Hill running the ball in or, you know, you get at least one touchdown pass. So, I think that is a good call there. And Emmanuel Sanders is a veteran, man. He, If they target him, they trust him. So I like that a lot. Brendan, I don't think I've ever heard you say back-to-back times touchdowns. I was expecting one of those to be a teeter, a tutty, a teed, something. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> That's the record now. Three in a row, Tyler. I will oh, never break that again. I feel out of my element now that you brought that up. How could I, dude? That's five so, in a row dating back, you know? <laughs> so disrespectful to the show. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, we've got a couple of veterans at the running back position. This one I can see actually being like a legit who do I start uh, for a lot of people's rosters. That is Todd Gurley against Tampa Bay or David Johnson against the Indianapolis Colts? 
Yikes. Um, I would, man, that's really uh, tough because they both have really good front sevens um, and they're both uh, just fading running backs. Um, I would honestly probably gamble on David Johnson because of his pass catching. You know, I, I don't think Gurley c- catches enough balls. Um, obviously, Julio Jones is out. That opens a little bit more for targets. Um, I'm not saying that goes to Gurley. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I think I would go David Johnson, but that is a that is an ugly predicament to be in right there. Sure, but it's very realistic. I mean, Absolutely. both of those players are you know big names that especially in redraft leagues, like a lot of people who aren't playing Dynasty or they don't really know much about Dynasty, they probably drafted both of those big names, you know, in like the fifth or sixth round, saying, "Oh my gosh, what a steal!" Yeah, but yeah, both are bad, man. So cool, cool. Uh, next up, I've got another set of running backs. You ready? I'm all set. Okay. Would you rather start Cam Akers versus the Jets or J.K. Dobbins? And J.K. Dobbins is, hold on, they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. So both defensive matchups are pretty dang easy, per se, to the running backs. I like Dobbins a lot more uh, player-wise, long-term-wise. I don't exactly like the system that Baltimore rolls out all the time, so I would play Akers between the two. I don't think you could go wrong with either. Um, okay. Until Dobbins gets the work, I feel he deserves. Uh, he's just a risky start week to week, but I, I do think they're both going to have solid weeks, and I could easily see Dobbins having a monster week. I just... You'd never really know what they're going to do. Sure. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. That's causing the the issues there for Dobbins. Yeah, you know, dude, hopefully no one from uh, DLF is listening to this because I'm going to really look to sell Lamar Jackson. Uh, You know, when we're we're talking about the Ravens, I'm going to do my best to sell him in that Superflex League. Because I just – if they're going to be a run-heavy team – Lamar Jackson needs to settle down. J.K. Dobbins is going to be a stud. And I, I really I think Lamar is just not going to get back to that MVP caliber type season. So Could be, I, could be a good time to shop because I think he's going to have a huge end of the year. Good, good. Well, yeah, that's, that's my guess. So I'm going to look to trade him. A little bit off topic, but, you know, the Ravens are a very odd franchise. I mean, I think they're above average, but they've clearly – falling downhill a little bit. So we'll see how they bounce back in 2021. Um, these next set of receivers, this is a tough one. And if you own both of these receivers, you felt this almost every single week. Tyler, would you rather start Robert Woods or Cooper Cup versus the New York Jets today? Tough call there as well. Um, I would probably start Cup. Um, I just – I think he's a slightly better player uh that that's really tough you know they both see a lot of targets woods gets involved in the reverse game as we've talked about but i think i would gamble on cup okay if you have both of those players on your team that's got to be very tough because unless you have a stack on like a top five maybe top three offense it's very difficult to determine who to play in that situation. And, yeah. you know, if this was like last year or two years ago, then I'm sure it would have been a lot easier. But the Rams aren't as high-powered as as they used to be. 
I mean, if you're going to have a stack, I'd recommend only doing it for like the Packers and the Chiefs per se. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't think of any other uh, teams off the top of my head whose stack would be worthy. Uh, yeah, we'd have to give it some thought. And I mean, if you're in a bad place, you could probably start them both. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. chances are one of them gets in the end zone. They both could, you know, I know that's never ideal, but Hey, if your injuries, COVID, all that stuff's pretty ugly right now that they're both good players, you know, sometimes it's really hard to start two guys on the same team, but sometimes it's the best way to go. You know, don't overthink it. They're both good. Absolutely. And that is actually a great point. I mean, if Jared Goff throws the ball 40 times and has 25 completions, it's probably safe to assume that there will be 15 completions between those two receivers. So, Yeah, and I'm not saying it's necessarily apples to apples, but if you had, you know, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, you probably start them every week, you know? There you go. Yeah, there's another stack right there that'd be good to have. So there you go. Good. I I like that a lot. And, uh, you know, uh, starting both of them is probably pretty safe. I think they're both probably a top 20 receiver, so be happy to have them. That's a good problem to have is what I'm trying to say if you had to choose between one. Sure. So, all right, next up on this list, uh, Tyler Boyd versus the Pittsburgh Steelers or Deontay Johnson versus the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going with Johnson. Uh, you know, I think Boyd is a fantastic player, but uh, that offense is very, very risky. Uh, T. Higgins has almost emerged as uh, the new quarterback's guy. You know, I'm not saying he's putting up great points, but he's getting a ton of looks. So mm-hmm. uh, what happened with Johnson getting benched and all that, I think it was an anomaly. I, I think he's the safer player, and we talk about it all the time. And come, come to semifinals, you want your safer players. You really do. Yeah, I was super salty towards Deontay Johnson because I started him and it was such a close game. And of course he got yanked. I was like, oh my gosh, of course. Of course this is what's happening in uh, the playoff. Yeah. Oh, that the end of our big league, man, was just nuts. That The end of that week, it was just like, goodness gracious, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, hey, luckily uh, one of us prevailed, the other one didn't. Tyler, I'm sorry, but at least now you can uh, watch your homie win, win it all. Is what it is, man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next up, here we go. This is a little funky. Um, Would you rather start Jalen Hurts at quarterback versus the Arizona Cardinals, or would you rather start Ben Roethlisberger versus the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm going Roethlisberger here. Um, I think he's the safer play. I think he's going to tear. He owns Cincinnati. Uh, I think he has a pretty big game. Love what Hurts is doing, but, uh, you know, he's still so new, so young. If his rushing dries up, I think it's going to be pretty ugly. Not saying that maybe this isn't a week he breaks out through the air, but I'm not gambling on that. Mm-hmm. And I like Hurts. I like Hurts a lot long term. I think he's the quintessential new generation of quarterbacks. He's exactly what you're looking for in a quarterback. He can throw and he can run. You know, I, I love it. I love him moving forward, but not in the semis, man. Not in start number three. Super risky. Super risky. So, cool. Uh, I was reading up on Carson Wentz, and there was articles saying he's not too happy with being benched. And I was like, no Schmidt, man. Like, obviously, the guy's not happy about being benched. He's one of the top-paid QBs, and he got benched for a rookie. No Schmidt, man. You're just just dropping some names here. Hmm. Yeah, that's what's up, man. You know, as as I was growing up as a kid, uh, you know, my nickname in all the sports was Schmitty because Schmidt's my last name. 
And I used to get so many funny nicknames like Schmidt Head, Schmidt Face. So I was like, you know what? We'll carry it over. You know, I don't like to swear on public broadcasts. Try to keep the class. You know what I say, man. You know what I mean. So uh, no Schmidt. Maybe that's a segment, man. Maybe that's a segment. Oh, that's good. That could be an off-season one. Yeah, this is a family-friendly <laughs> show, man. That's that's just how we roll. We want to get the kids into Dynasty early. Yeah, hopefully by eight years old. By the time they're playing peewee football, you know, they can learn how to downfield block. They can learn how to chop block. Yeah, that's basically what it is. So. <laughs> yeah, I was actually talking to the uh, co-commissioner of our big league uh, a couple days ago, and he's had a family league that's been going for a long time, just kind of a for fun league kind of thing. And uh, mm-hmm. his daughter is, I think, 13 now, and he's playing her in the semifinals. And I was like, man, wow. you gotta be, he was, I said, you got to be pulling for your daughter, man. He said, I haven't won that league yet. Maybe after I win it, I'll be pulling for her, you know? I said, you know, at 13 years old, if she wins the title, she is just going to be in dynasty for life. You know, she's going to get that that fever, you know? Yeah. If she wins the title, we're booting him out of our league. We're bringing her (laughs) the new (laughs) co-commissioner. It's really interesting when you win a title that you think they come like, oh, man, this is great. I mean, I won our inaugural year of our big league and we're eight years in. And as you well know, I'm out again. You know, you just think titles come pretty easily. I actually won two titles in one year, which was really fun. But man, winning a title is super, super hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought agree. it was funny that uh, he's playing his daughter, but even in Dynasty, he's not rooting for her this week. Hey, hey, as as I told your wife, man, no mercy. You know, he's not gonna <laughs> take it easy on his daughter, and I'm gonna make sure that I get the dub against your wife. That's that's the competitiveness of Dynasty, baby. You know, otherwise it's a waste of you know eleven months or however long the off season, every regular season game, and then all of the playoffs except the championship. We play to win, Tyler. We don't oh, play to win. There's no alliance in Dynasty, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, that's a great point. Uh, I've got one tight end set that I want to talk to you about, um, but that's a great point. You know, you win one Dynasty League and or even one redraft league, whatever it is, and you're sitting there like living off that glory for the rest of your fantasy football career. You're like, yeah, I won in uh, – Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm yeah, still I'm a champ, man. I'm still a champ. <laughs> Nobody could take that plaque off of there. And based yeah, on what I'm going to do this offseason, it might be my only plaque. Good, good. At least you got one, man. At least you got one. That's hilarious. Uh, I haven't won a league, honestly, in like three years. I think the last league I won was my fraternity league, I think three years ago. Um, last year, I was in the championship league for three out of four of my leagues. Lost. I was in the championship, lost all three. I was devastated. Oh, brutal, man. Yeah, you yeah, probably the- didn't go to work that Monday. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, you can imagine. I actually called off and I was in a depressed state. Oh, I'm course, sure. <laughs> of course, I did the annual. I'm never playing fantasy football again. I'm quitting all my leagues. And then all of a sudden, the offseason started. Okay, I got to make trades. Wow, man. You need to get my brother on speed dial with those kind of takes. He, he gives me that every weekend. So <laughs> maybe you two need to go to counseling together. <laughs> I understand the feeling. I understand the feeling. Uh, Tyler, I'll tell you what, man, on Wednesday when we do our, our holiday show slash, I guess, championship, the playoff week show, um, I'm either going to be very happy or very sad because I've got four teams in the semifinals right now, four out of five dynasty leagues. And right now I'm projected to win three of them by quite a bit. And then the only one I'm pretty terrified is is in our big league uh, against the misses. So sure. uh, 
You know, I, I'm either going to be really happy or I'm going to be really pissed off because something doesn't go my way today. So <laughs> we'll see. Either the Hennessy will be out in celebration or it'll be out in depression on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think the Hennessy at your house might be out by the afternoon kickoffs. You know, you might have to send me the uh, setup uh, picture again. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So, all right, real quick, I got one last one. Uh, in terms of tight ends, would you rather start Dallas Goddard versus the Arizona Cardinals or, if he goes, Mike Gesicki against the New England Patriots? That's a tough call. They're both good young players. Um, I think I would uh, – that's really tough. I think I'd gamble on Gesicki. He seems to be getting a nice rapport with Tua. Um, I still love Goddard long-term. I just – it looks to me right now like Hertz is trying to run a little mm -hmm. bit more than throw. So I don't think you can go wrong with either, but I'd probably gamble on Gesicki, uh, to be honest. So that's a tough yeah. call. I don't hey. think either one's a bad start. And maybe it gets – your start might get made for you if Gesicki sits. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. So I mean, again, we'll say it every week. If your tight end puts up four receptions for fifty yards, top five, week. top five. You throw a touchdown in there, and uh, you're probably winning your league. So, <laughs> probably the best performance ever. Uh, speaking of tight end performances, man, freaking Darren Waller, unbelievable! What a monster! Uh, what a done. monster! What a great yeah. story that he turned his life around. Yeah, I think that he will for sure be in the uh, in the discussion of the elite tight ends. Uh, how I view it is I low-key think, I think he's better than George Kittle. I really do. I think George Kittle is just – I mean, that could be a bold statement. George Kittle is just obviously a little bit younger. But, I mean, there's so many question marks against San Francisco's offense nowadays in the sense that there's a lot of injuries – I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to maintain his starting role. I think he's replaceable. But you have Marcus Mariota, who came in for Derek Carr. He was passing the ball to Waller. You have Derek Carr, who loves Waller. The guy right. is just a beast. He's just a beast. Yeah. yeah I was. I think, go ahead. I think he's in that elite category now based on this season. I mean, everybody was a little gun shy after last year. Maybe it was a one-hit wonder. But, no, there's three tight ends that matter. It's Kelsey Kittle and Waller for me. And uh, yeah, going back to your point, there's just more assets in San Francisco as well. You know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk looks like a stud. Uh, um, I agree. Yeah, should have made that mix and trade too. How many mix and trades am I not going to make? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I still, like we've talked about, I think Vegas, their wide receivers come on in time, but uh, mm -hmm. They really don't have – I mean, Henry Ruggs has not had a good season. They Their wide receiver is Darren Waller, you know, mm -hmm. whereas San Francisco has a lot of assets. So, um, again, can't go wrong with either one. But, yeah, I would put Waller. He's in the – he's in that tight end, the very short tight end list that actually matter. There's three of them. Exactly. And one last piece about Darren Waller before we sign off, Tyler – I don't know uh, if you've watched some of the interviews he's done or some other podcasts that host him. Did you know? So when he got drafted to the Ravens, uh, he did not want to be there. Like he he always said he was, you know, you want to be the first guy in and the last guy out of practices, the facilities. Sure. He was always the last guy at the facility to get there and the first guy to leave. He said he had no friends on the Ravens. He absolutely hated it. He purposely failed like drug tests so he'd get kicked out. 
And then wow. in the year, like he purposely failed his suspension or he purposely failed to get a suspension. And it turned out like he, he planned it out. Cause you have to fail. He said you had to fail. Like the NFL gives you like 10 failed drug tests. I don't know. They give you a ton. It's not like you fail one drug test and they give you a suspension. They are very lenient with you. So like, for example, Josh Gordon has had to have failed like hundreds of drug tests throughout his career in order to get to where he's at. And he's still reinstated. But the point being is, Waller like planned this out. He said, okay, if I fail this drug test, I'll finally get that suspension and I won't have to play football anymore because for some reason I can't recall. He did not like playing football. He cared a lot what people thought about him. He was just a junkie. He even called himself a junkie. But what was crazy to me is uh, leading up to the weeks, like for example, if he failed this drug test in July, they were going to boot him in August, right? So like he had a few more weeks just to get through the training camp or whatever, he, he said that he started absolutely bawling out in practices, like the few weeks leading up to him leaving and getting suspended. Like he, he started to actually like the game weeks before he got booted. And then he apparently came back that following year. He was a grocery store clerk, bro. He literally, he OD'd in his car in the parking lot. And then he worked at a grocery store for a year. And then he kind of turned his, his mindset around. And then he came back to the Ravens, and unfortunately, the Ravens had just drafted Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews. So he was like, oh, man, you know, I actually started to like playing football. But, of course, Baltimore drafted two studs, well, per se studs, at the tight end spot. But yeah. then when, when Waller came back, he started killing everybody in practice. Like, he was killing everybody. Like, he said that he was just beating all the top, like, first-team uh, first defenses and everybody. So then, unfortunately – he was he was like oh I understand you know they they don't want me on the team anymore because they just drafted Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst who I think Hayden Hurst was like a first round pick so very good tight end in my opinion very good skill set but sure. then John Harbaugh actually tried talking to Darren Waller to put him on the practice squad because they didn't want to give him up because the organization was like oh crap Darren Waller's a stud but we just invested a ton of draft capital the pa the past couple of years. So then what happened was Harbaugh saw that Vegas wanted to reach out to um, Darren Waller and Waller was like, oh, I'm going to for sure go over there. But then, of course, that's when Harbaugh showed him love because they knew very well Darren Waller was going to be a complete stud because he was dominating all the practices. He was killing it in games. He was killing it on special teams. He was a gunner on certain punts. And you never see a tight end as a gunner, bro. Those are always your fastest guys trying to get down to the punter He's or to the receiver. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was really interesting. I mean, you can go read a story. I'm sorry for going off on a tangent here, but dude, it was just incredible. The guy went from ODing to not wanting to play football to getting himself a, a purpose, like a suspension on purpose. Then he came back, absolutely dominated. Now is probably in the argument of like top 10 receiving player in the league. I mean, what a story, man. I encourage everybody to look it up. I mean, I'm a big fan of him. So yeah, it's nice when people write the ship and get a second chance, you know. Everybody deserves that second chance, and it's nice that uh, he put it together. And, yeah, I mean, he signed a huge contract for a tight end. Uh, hey, man, he's 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 looking good. But, yeah, he's one of the few that, that matters at the position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of him. I mean, I don't know the guy personally, but I'm hope hopefully everybody can say they're proud of him because – that is not an easy thing to overcome drug addiction and become an absolute yeah. stud in the NFL. So uh, very passionate story, and I'm very, very happy for the guy. Uh, Tyler, that's all I've got. Uh, sorry for going off on a tangent there. You know, Good I got Darren Waller in one of my leagues, and he's probably going to win me the league. So 
Very yeah. stoked to have him on the roster. But uh, anything you want to say before we sign off, my man? Uh, just good luck to everybody out there uh, that's in the semis. I hope you get through. I hope you get to the finals. And other than that, just like we talk about, it's about goals next year if you're out. You know, Don't look short-term. It's, it's about goals. Absolutely. So thank you, everybody listening. We will see you on Wednesday. Tyler and I will be blazing up with some sexy holiday apparel just for all the listeners. So we hope you guys and girls have a great week, um, great football week. Good luck in the semifinals if you're in it. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. So stay smooth and just remember, you are in this for life.